Talking Master! You don't fight. Your friend fights. She's not here anymore. You follow the rules, you become an officer. We're the only thing holding this all together. Riley! Where have you been? I will tell you everything. You have to come with me for a few hours. You trust me, right? Open your eyes. Tonight, I'm going to show you the four wonders of the mall. If you come back, we could be running things. We're like the future. You're a firefly? Yes, Ellie, put it down. None of this shit was even about me. Get ready to run. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brickmasters podcast, a spoiler-filled recap show for the hit HBO series, The Last of Us, starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. And with me throughout most of this endeavor is my wonderful co-host, media studies professor, Dr. Veronica Paredes. She's back. How are you, Doc? Doing good, Chris. I feel like love is in the air. Do you feel it? Indeed it is. Indeed. It 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 is definitely in the air post Valentine's Day even. Uh yeah. yeah. How, how how have you been? We missed you. Um oh, that's so, sweet. so glad to have you back. Um what we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about episode seven, Left Behind, mm-hmm. directed mm-hmm. by Liza Johnson and written by poet laureate Neil Druckmann. <laughs> uh we we he's only eclipsed by uh, a character that's made reference to in this a couple of times this episode and yeah. I'm really enjoying the callbacks we'll get into it but what did you think of last week since you weren't on last week you were you were on vacation um, how did you feel about episode six what did you what did you think about that yeah I, I did I enjoyed it I, I liked your recap with Rod um, listen to it I uh, yeah, there was a lot of sweetness in seeing Joel and Tommy reunite, right? Mm-hmm. To see that brotherly love, even if it was short-lived. Yes. Um, so, and it was nice to see Tommy's new, you know, family that he's making mm-hmm. in Wyoming. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. I I, I really did like it, too. Um, a lot of... Um, I I don't know not I wouldn't say foreshadowing but a lot of um yeah hell I don't know is there a better way to say like a lot of things that are elements in uh part 2 of the game are we see that we saw that in the in the last episode um and the way that they're moving things along Rod and I talked about this you and I've talked about it before too with the um with the pacing of, of the show as a whole Mm -hmm. is just really good. Really. I really love it. I really love how this show's just kind of moving along. And it's funny to me when people say there's not in much action. Some dude that I went to high school with, I noticed on Facebook, he was like, the last of us, I'm only giving them one more episode, man. Cause I don't know what's going on here after like, 
I don't know. He, I think it's just too, maybe too slow moving for him. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a, a, that's a really weird, I don't know why you'd be drawn to this knowing that it was a game that was, I mean, this is, you're not, there's not much surprises here. <laughs> but what you're you, getting into. Have it, and you haven't played it. It's not much of a surprise I mean, to you. We know that last of us, the video game was like a very, uh, innovative in its storytelling so right. i don't know why you would expect uh that to be completely dismissed or changed or transformed into right. this iteration of it it's kind of weird what are your expectations if like you wanted more action from last of us you know mm. yeah it's like like w- we've said this throughout this whole thing you know the medium is is the message shout out to marshall McLuhan. And if you're playing a video game, you want to be entertained. So you want to see sure. fight these hunters and infected. You want to you, you're going to fight this horde of infected, you know, in uh, the game, maybe not so much, maybe through because of budget restraints. Uh, but what I've seen is enough. And then you yeah. don't know. And you, you we don't know what happened off camera. You know that from episode five to six, there was three months had passed and you don't know. You don't see everything that they go through right. uh, in the game. There's instances of a character like in writing in a diary and talking about, oh, I almost got caught up in this horde of infected, but I got thankfully I got out, you know, uh, right. and it's it's sometimes it's the stuff that happens off camera that builds the character. And we actually get to see this character building more in the in the TV show which I appreciate, you know, I appreciate both, both, um, adapt, I I don't know, both adaptations or, well, I would say I appreciate the adaptation of the video game as well as the, the, the text of the, the original piece of media, which is a video game. Yeah. Which had its own limitations. I don't know. I think that, um, right. I think the way that the, the, the art that's put into making these infected in mm-hmm. the maybe that person wants to see more of that, you know, wants Probably. to see more clickers. But, you know, that I mean, the episode before Ken, it's just like um, there was so much action, you know, yeah. uh, in the episode um, uh, in Kansas. That Endure and survive. That. Yeah. Endure and survive. Right. So it's just uh, a bit silly, I think, to want that to be every episode. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, looking back on that uh, on Ken into the episode we're talking about today, it's interesting to that they explain so much of the context of like where Ellie's coming from, you right? Because in Ken, people are like, "What's up with this girl? She's so <laughs> aggressive, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so bold. She's swearing all the time, um, you know. So she's kind of uh out of place in mm-hmm. um in Wyoming in the uh older couples." you know domicile in their house and then also in the settlement in wyoming um so you know that's a great point because i I, rod and i didn't touch on this but ellie is a city girl even though Mm -hmm. she's restricted by the confines of the qz she is essentially uh she's a quintessential city girl yeah you know uh for what that means in this dystopian america and she's scrappy she's like she's a survivor She's had to be on her own. She's independent. She's not coming from a community. 
mm-hmm. even though the Fedra, it's an institution. I mean, she's a city city kid, but then also from like, a, she's been imprisoned. She's institutionalized. Right. She's indoctrinated. And we yes. learn a lot more about that in this episode, Left Behind. Yeah. Yeah. Let And and without further ado, let's let's just jump into this right now. So we this is the little blurb for this episode. As Joel fights to survive, Ellie looks back on the night that changed everything. So we open. Greeting. I, I just wanted to say also, I know the director, Liza Johnson, was you do? faculty here at UCLA. Holy shit. Uh, she's really cool. And she's done a bunch of TV but also some feature filmmaking. I looked her uh, up, she, read some of her stuff. Read it. Read yeah. It. So I, I was familiar with the short film that she had done called In the Air, which she shot uh, in her own hometown of, uh, I think it's parts Portsmouth, Ohio. But okay. she's also done this uh, feature film, Hate Ship, Hate Ship, Love Ship with Kristen Wiig. I saw that. And this, uh, yeah. Oh, did you? I, yeah. I, I think I've, and then I'll, Elvis and Nixon from 2016 or 2013. Solid, um, like, family drama. Yeah. And then uh, it's done a lot of TV in the last five years. Barry, she did a really, the, the episode called What? I think it's that episode with that little, the acrobatic uh, girl, maybe, a Barry, that I'm not sure. Mm. But it, I think it was one of the more action-oriented Barry episodes. She's also directed Silicon Valley, an episode of What We Do in the Shadows physical and also sex lives of college girls which i've just started watching. this is the one i think when uh sally's ex comes and barry's about to barry doesn't oh. know if he's got to kill him or not i i know this episode yeah she's dope i think she went to did she go to did she go to shit let me see um oh my god what's my school that jl went to Williamstown. She went to Williams College. Williams okay. Williams College. Um, uh, she's like ten years older than us, but she went there. And Williams 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 College is home of the Williamstown Theater Festival, which mm. I was fortunate enough to go to a few times before the pandemic hit. And uh, it's a great place. It's just like um, a small liberal arts school, but it's a really good school. And uh, it's just beautiful up there. And to see all these great plays. And the last show that I went to, I think Andre Brower was doing a play up there. Oh, and cool. I, I drove like four hours, got a hotel room just to watch Andre Brower tread the boards. And That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Liza, Liza Johnson. Great. Yeah. She's she's dope. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. her. Do you see her at all or? She's uh, she was full time faculty here. She's kind of um, she'll be around, but uh, a little less so than because she's so busy with her TV with her directing work. career. Yeah, yeah, which is really exciting and impressive. That's this amazing. episode, uh, Chris, my favorite episode so far. This episode, yeah, this is the one that I was looking forward to, and um, I knew you were. Yeah, I, I love liked this DLC quite a bit. Because everybody, you know, I I love I loved long, long time, but I you know what I, I don't like some of the stuff around it. But this was the this was the I don't know, like the flashpoint of like this was an end of when this happened in tw- this came out Valentine's Day of 2014. Mm-hmm. Almost this was about nine years ago. 
and there was this kiss and it was a big deal. And I was just like, okay. I was like, oh, okay. Ellie's gay. And not to say like, I didn't care if she's gay, but it was just like, oh, this is a big deal in video games. Right. This is before Moonlight. This is before, I don't know, before homosexuality is it's 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 been in it was in media but for video games it's a it was a big deal and i remember playing it for the first time i was just like wow this is amazing Mm -hmm. and it was something that naughty dog was doing with this game in particular at least what it did for me was like okay you're 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 giving me this great gameplay i'm enjoying this game i really love this story but the, these performances are incredible and yeah. it's drawing me in. It's making this world more immersive and I'm falling in love with these characters. So playing four months ago, the DLC, which was connected to part one, it's a part of uh, part one in the with, for PlayStation 5 it deepened it because of the higher fidelity of Hmm. the graphics and, and the, you know, the leaps and bounds that uh, the innovations that uh, 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 video games have made in the past 10, nine, 10 years to where it's like, it even deepens it because it looks, the characters look better. The performances are enhanced. The performances, they really didn't touch those performances. They didn't have to go back and edit any performances. They just, made the characters look better and the scenery look better and it just deepened everything. And it's like, I was, I caught myself smiling while I was playing this fucking game that I've played multiple times. Like I had never played it before. So to have like really talented actors like Bella Ramsey and storm Reed portray these characters in real life. It was, it was, uh, it was really beautiful and was, it was great to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sweet. And I'm starting to like, I think as a non-game player, um the uh connection with Ellie. Yeah, you know, I'm really getting it now. Cause right. you know, like I, you know, you just love them both. It's yeah. just so sweet. You empathize with her so much and with um with Riley. It's just um I it was really, I think, pivotal. And I think it's really interesting. In the podcast, in the official podcast, how Neil Druckmann talks about, you know, DLCs are supposed to be sort of like separated or independent storylines. Right. And this seems like pivotal. This is a really important storyline yeah. for um, conveying information. I, I did watch like a playthrough of um, uh, of the DLC and to see how they kind of intercut it and how this follows the same kind of structure. The right. intercutting between uh, the flashback in the mall, being with Riley, and then the flashback in the DLC of getting medicine for um, Joel in the mall. But just like that's such an important pivot point uh, in the relationship and not only Ellie's relationship with Joel and Ellie's relationship with Riley, but also the game player's relationship with Ellie. Right. Yeah. And, and I wanted to shout out. So we obviously we know that Ashley Johnson portrayed Ellie in the video game and uh, Yanni Yanni King Monshine is uh, the actress who played Riley in the video game. Uh, and you if you have a PlayStation five and you've never played The Last of Us, 
you would be doing yourself a huge favor if you bought the last of us part one for uh playstation 5 and you get the game the way that the creators intended for you to play it the best possible way um and it's it's a it's a really beautiful story and we tore we've we're two episodes we got two episodes left ellie mentions riley at the end of the game uh and she 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 makes uh well they talk about her in episode one too so episode one of the show and she's she's mentioned uh, in the game you don't you don't know who she is until you actually yeah. play the dlc yeah i see mm-hmm. yeah and i i think i should i did show you that before uh yeah. like a screenshot of it like a, a playthrough of it yeah. yeah all right let's let's get into this thing let's do it um all right so we open on a a snowy suburban neighborhood uh, there's a driveway that's tracked with blood leading up to the garage. We see Callus, the uh, horse shaking off snow, shaking off, shaking snow off of himself. And then we see Ellie trying to uh, patch up Joel's wound and, and wound. And Joel tells her to just leave him and go north to Tommy. He even like he physically pushes her off of him with the little strength that he has. He's trying to get Ellie away from him. And then we see Ellie uh, walk up the steps. She leaves. We, we she uh, we see her leave the room, and then we get this flashback as we get a blackout to a flashback of Ellie in the Boston QZ at military school, and she's listening to Pearl Jam's "All or None," which is a song that came out in uh, two thousand two. November of twenty of November of two thousand two, and it's the last track on their Riot Act album. So this would have album would have came out uh, about a almost a year before Outbreak Day, and uh, it's a really depressing song. Uh, I'll read you the first verse. It's a hopeless situation, and I'm starting to believe that this hopeless situation is what I'm trying to achieve. That's heavy. Uh, and so she's listening to that and um yeah, just motivation. It's her, it's her uh fitness track list. Yeah, her <laughs> to get her, her going fit, for running. Her fitness <laughs> track list for running, running in the gym. And we see the flickering uh fluorescent lights coming on. I love the vibe of that. It's just like they're not gonna get that fixed. They don't have the mm-hmm. resources to get it fixed. And it's almost like a movie too. Like it's like a mm. flickering of the camera and all and whatnot. Um, so she's running and then another girl who we find out her name's Bethany. She pulls the headphones off of her head. Ellie says, give it back. And Bethany says, pick up your pace. I'm not running doubles again because of your shitty attitude. Ellie says, I don't want to fight about it. Bethany says, you don't fight. Your friend fights. She's not here anymore, is she? And then we see Ellie punch her. And then we cut to Ellie. Uh, uh, leaning back in a chair with a black eye right. we cut to her and then she's in uh who will find is captain kwong's office she's about to be reprimanded or so we think um she sees a picture of kwong's family and turns it around to look at it and the off- officer kwong comes in he sits down he says what's going on you've never been well behaved but the last few weeks Oh, and he he turns his picture around with his family. 
we assume they're probably dead. You know, if uh, Bethany, she says Bethany started it, and he says, "Well, Bethany's in the infirmary with fifteen stitches." <laughs> Ellie says, "Good." She's, she's proud. Of that. He's proud of that. Yeah. And he says, "Okay." She says, "Just put me in the fucking hole." I'm like, "Damn," because I put you in the <laughs> hole three times, and it three three times, and it doesn't work. So I'm going to try something new. Ellie says, "What?" He says, "I'm going to tell you the truth." You're smart, Ellie. You're so smart. You're stupid. There's two paths ahead of you. He takes out a coffee, shows a coffee mug. He says, one path, you keep acting like a grunt. You get the life of a grunt. Up at dawn, walk the street, walk the wall. You eat shit food. You do shit jobs. You take shit orders from your patrol leader, who will probably be Bethany. And that'll be your life from now until you catch a bullet from a firefly or fall or fall drunk off a roof or get your hair caught in a moving tank tread. Then he puts uh, so, uh, some, a set of keys beside the coffee mug. And if you look at this keychain, there's a, a, a naughty dog symbol on the keychain. Mm-hmm. That's like a little Easter egg. And he says, there's the other path. You swallow this pride of yours. You follow the rules. You become an officer. You get your own room. You get a nice bed. We eat well. We don't go on patrol. We're cool in the summer. We're warm in the winter. And best of all, when you're an officer, you get to tell the Bethany's of the world exactly where to shove it. Ellie asks, why do you even care? He says, I care because no matter what anyone out there says or thinks, we're the only thing holding this all together. If we go down, people in the zone will starve or murder each other. That much I know. There's a leader in you. And one day it could be your turn or not. So which way? Ellie says, keys. Then she gets up. She says, can I have my Walkman back? And he gives it back to her. Um, your thoughts on this uh, opening sequence? Of yeah. Events, I got to say, I did think when she was running, oh, man, Ellie's running really slow. <laughs> All the girls are passing her. It's a <laughs> what is she doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame Bethany too much. But she messed around with the wrong kid. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that what's interesting is it's good to see Ellie in her element, see other uh, her with other kids her age, other girls. Um, she's quite short. She's quite she's short. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as a short person, I like it. I like seeing her. Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes the short kid, you feel like you can when they're not being protected by someone else who's stronger, taller. You can pick on them without any kinds of consequences. So, it was nice. I she, I mean, so the, I kind of understand why Ellie's proud of the stitches. Um, this actor that plays Captain Kwong, I recognized him. I mean, he's been in a lot of things. His name is Terry Chen. Okay. But I recognized him from The Expanse. I don't know if you saw that. No, uh, I think you told me about that show. Yeah, On Apple TV, right? Yeah, father. Uh, maybe. I'm not going to remember. Or I think Amazon. Maybe I saw it on Amazon. Yeah, it was maybe okay. Amazon. Um, and so he, I thought his, that character, uh, he filled out quite well, like even like a small role like this just shows how the show is like pretty thoughtful, even with like a kind of minor character like this. I thought he was really right. Like put like a, I think they mentioned in the other pot, the official podcast, putting a face to like, um, a more friendly face to this, the Fedra, uh, officers who have been pretty much depicted as terrible fascist dickheads as they get referred to later yeah um but this guy's nice and he's paternal and he cares is he? About her. oh no does he come back 
Well, Riley mentions him later. And I I was like, uh, that's a good point. I was like, this motherfucker. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So later on, we find out that he doesn't expect much from Riley, which surprise, surprise. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, but but in this moment, I think that you can understand why Ellie is going to push back against Riley's. Yes. uh, a reaction to Kwong because she doesn't tell Ellie about anyway. So it starts to make sense, but we can understand a little bit because right. uh, Ellie does have a perspective as a white kid who's short and underdog and kind of probably also Kwong see something in her too mm-hmm. that he's not willing to see in someone like Riley. But yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and everybody, people have their favorites and what they're trying to totally. do is show the humanity of these people, whether and whether it's good humanity or bad humanity, right. and it's all like a different perspective of of what we would normally see as these NPCs, you know, these yeah. people that just move the story along. And it it's yeah. it, good of it, good on them for doing it. Uh, I'm I'm just not buying their brand, right? Know? Right. No, I think that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, yeah. that later thing. But yeah, this is supposed to be like the sweetness and kind of gives us the motivation for why Ellie is going to defend Fedra. Right, right. So we cut to the night, Ellie's room. It's oh, and I wanted to say also Pearl Jam, that record. Um, Pearl Jam is one of Neil Druckmann's favorite bands, uh, and one of and Andy Klein's favorite band. Andy Klein's favorite too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh so they come up heavy in part two. There's one particular song that comes up heavy in part two. I don't think they'll be able to use it. In, mm. in the world of this show because of the release date. But anyway, mm. I just had to mention that. I wanted to mention that. They talk about it on the podcast, but also just as someone who who knows the games and everything, like I, I had to mention that that's a big deal, that Pearl Jam, right. Pearl Jam record. And it's sort of, um, it's like we alluded to that, like this has become Ellie's identity. This is what she... Eh, I think it's beautifully placed and sets hmm. it up, sets us up for the rest of the episode. Really? Yeah. Um, all right. So we cut tonight, Ellie's room. It's raining. We see a copy of uh, no pun intended by the poet laureate, Will Livingston, the first one. And Ellie be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie's reading a savage starlight comic. We see, you know, posters on her wall. There's like, was a poster of inner space. Uh, I remember going to see that movie and hmm. school with the classmates and stuff. I don't know what, what that was. Which one is it? It's an in, out, inner space, space. Dennis Quaid and, and uh, oh. Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't know that one. Uh, is it a space movie? Yeah. A scientifically miniature Marine unexpectedly finds himself floating around the body of a hypochondriac and trying oh, wow. to outwit saboteurs who want the device that shrank him. Attempts wow. by his colleagues to retrieve the little man protected inside a tiny sub submersile are hampered by the would-be thieves. Now, this is Joe Dante film who did The Gremlins, right? Isn't that a, grem- a Gremlins guy? I think so. Martin Short, Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan. It was it was good. I remember I remember liking it. Wow. Okay. Almost yeah, like it was a little out. ahead of its time in a way. Right. 1987. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I remember seeing that. I I don't know if that was the right movie for me to see at that age. Yeah, pretty weird. Know. Wait, how old were you? I had to be. If it came out in '87, I had to be seven years old. No, yeah, going inside the dude's body. No. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> any like any Joe Dante? I mean, the Gremlins are probably not good for a seven-year-old to watch. I mean, I did have nightmares about Stripe, but I did like those. Uh, I did like Gizmo. I had I had mm. the books, the toys, all the pop culture stuff. Yeah. I had those toys when I was a kid. 80s was a weird time, man. It was. It was. <laughs> uh so okay. All right. And we see all this stuff, you know, um on her wall. She's reading a Savage Starlight comic. We hear someone say uh lights out, ladies. Then someone knocks on the door, says, turn them off. Ellie turns her lamp off. She lays down. We cut to 1.53 a.m. One of those, another one of those cuts I love, love from the show. Someone's op- opens Ellie's window from the outside and comes in and they cover Ellie's mouth. She immediately wakes up and struggles with the intruder. She knocks her down with a kick, turns on her lamp and grabs her switchblade. It's Riley played by the wonderful Storm Reed. And uh, she, she thought that Riley was dead. It's been about three weeks since she's seen her. She says, what the fuck? What the fuck was wrong with you? You sneaking me up, sneaking up on me like that. Riley says it was a joke. I thought it, she thought it, I thought it would work better in her mind. She said uh, she thought it would work better in her mind. Ellie would have loved it. Ellie says she should have stabbed her. Riley thanks her for her mercy. She says she just ran away for a bit. And Ellie says, uh, if you're going through some shit, you should at least tell your best friend about it. Riley says, you know, I came back and then she notices. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm just trying to make sure. I'm Okay. Yeah. She says I came back and she noticed that Ellie has a black eye. She says, who gave you the black eye? Tell me where, tell me where you were and give me a name. I'll fuck them up. Ellie tells her it was Bethany. And she says, I already fucked her up. Where were you? Riley says she joined the Fireflies. Ellie gets pissed. Ellie thought she was joking. She said, I told you I'd do it. Just come with me for a few hours and have the best night of your life. Ellie says, no, it's like 2 a.m. And she's got a few. She's got drills in the morning and where they learn how to kill fireflies. She tells Ellie to get dressed. Ellie tells her Ellie tells Riley to turn around so she can get dressed. Riley says, you're so weird about that. She looks at Ellie's desk and sees her Walkman. It's a an Aha Greatest Hits tape. Uh, so with the we we're gonna hear uh, we're gonna hear a needle drop mm. from that 1985 song. So do you know there's gonna be trouble? And there's the Etta James tape. Um, if you're thinking about Ellie says if you're thinking about hanging out in the park, we can't go there anymore. There's a new patrol they just put in. She says, we're not going to the park. Okay, so where are we going? Secret. Trust me. You trust me, right? Ellie says, I don't know. Should I trust you? Of course you should. With your life. Oh. Uh, And then Ellie said, "Uh, what about the guards? And and Riley says, no, because Fedra's fucking stupid. So uh, they head out. And then uh, they climb. I'll, I'll keep going for a little bit. They climb down to the streets. As soon as they touch the pavement, the Fedra truck passes by and they have to hide. And then Ellie says, not that fucking stupid, are they? <laughs> and then Riley says, okay, Rocky start. Could have been worse, though. Could have been a 7-Eleven situation. 
Ellie says, no, thanks. I'd like to keep my other eyebrow in one piece. Well, since you're into such self-preservation all of a sudden, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should stop fucking with Bethany. What's that about? Ellie says, nothing. It's stupid. She had to get 15 stitches. Maybe you shouldn't mess with people like that. And she says, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you telling me not to beat people up? You put Carol in the infirmary for a fucking week. Riley says, I'm just saying you can't fight. You can't fight everything and everyone. You can pick and choose what's important. Message. Are they teaching you this at Firefly University? Riley says, kind of. Yeah. And fuck Carol. And then they climb through a window into an apartment building. Your thoughts on this sequence, Veronica? Yeah, I think it's a, so there's an allusion to, okay, what happened at 7-Eleven to make uh, Ellie's eyebrow be half, well, this like slice in her eyebrow. Um, They never explain that. Okay, so it's just kind of open. Yeah, because they even said in the podcast, they don't really explain. Might have been a night they were at 7-Eleven hanging out, something happened. Maybe they had to run away from an infected or run away. And Ellie just kind of got caught up, cut herself. They don't really say. I mean, there's there's like the inside stuff of like what kids this age are going to talk about, you know, like the 7-Eleven. Remember that? Carol. Fuck Carol. Who is Carol? We don't, you know, these are like the inside things that they don't, you know, have to explain. Right. Because her Riley and Ellie know. Um, And it's already interesting, you know, the ways that. um, so there's this deep, there's a lot going on in that dialogue, right? Like there's the deep kinds of inside jokes that they have, the inside knowledge that they have of one another's lives. But mm-hmm. then, you know, Riley's already starting to evolve or grow as a person. You know, like she's been meditating or something, you know, yeah. she's like more mindful of like you can choose your fights, which is the same thing that uh, sort of Maria tells her in the episode prior, right? Mm-hmm. Like be careful who you trust, do it intentionally. Um, Instead of always reacting, which is like sort of L.A.'s natural impulse is just to like react. And as somebody who's played the game, it made me think it's a lesson that Ellie doesn't learn until the end of part two. Really, Mm -hmm. like pick and choose your your fights. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She's not strategic. You know, she's not she's not thinking there's not a bigger, uh, you know, plan that she has in mind. Whereas obviously this is a, the whole episode is Riley having a larger plan in mind. Yes. Um, so she's kind of, she's grown up a lot in the three mm-hmm. weeks that they've been gone. They've been separated mm-hmm. from one another. And um, she's 16, Ellie's 14. So that, that mm-hmm. is, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like that age difference, it's kind of a lot. It's almost, she'll be 17 next month. Ellie probably mm-hmm. turned 15, 15 in the present day that we're in, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I think that, you know, in this kind of time period, the kind of like difference that might have the kinds of differences we have in age mm-hmm. might be different in this other, like if a disaster happened, right? Right. Like, is there that a 15 year old has to grow up a lot faster? Mm-hmm. Um, and same with a 17 year old. So I don't know. I think it's, I hear that. But then I know that the actors themselves are the same age. So it's kind of hard yeah. to like uh it's right make those differences and, for me. And it's interesting because just watching the the YouTube videos that I've watched, they say that this is the last night of Ellie's childhood. Hmm. And I'm I'm 
85 percent of me wants to agree with that yeah i mean this like what is her childhood you know like right. what is a childhood without parents what is a childhood uh grown up in an institution what kind of childhood is that it's not the kind of childhood i had no um so you know i don't know it's it's like there's always these neat narratives of like loss of innocence and all that stuff. I don't think it's as simple as all that. I, I agree that it's like mine's maybe more like, yeah, I think it's too neat to put it that way. Yeah. Cause they've seen some shit that I hadn't seen, you know, when I was yeah. that obviously they're been going through, they've gone through extreme circumstances, but at the same time, it's like, they're a little more worldly than, you know, right. You think, and I think that the sweetness comes from them still being able to be kids. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but did you have any, you want to say anything more about this? I kind of took you off on. Oh, no, 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 it's good. Um, so yeah, just the enlightenment of Riley and kind of like maturity that she's displaying even this early in the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, so they, they climb up into, okay. So, uh, yeah, okay, so they climb into this apartment building. <laughs> I think maybe possibly one of the funniest lines of the episode, Ellie says, so they climb into this apartment building, Ellie says, wow, look at how the water runs down those rusty mailboxes. This is really the best night of my life. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so so funny, so sarcastic. Uh, they climb up the stairs. Ellie says, how many floors? Uh, Riley says, like two. Cut to them getting to the seventh floor. With the door that says 7A. We know that it's a seven floor because the door is 7A. Ellie says, two floors? Fuck you. Riley says, I'm, I was a tad off. They start laughing. I love this stair climbing motif that just keeps yeah. coming around. There's also Tess and uh, Joel climbing yeah. with Ellie. Yeah. And them being and, old. Yeah. And they're super young and they're tired. And they're athletes. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. they're soldiers. Um yeah. That thing is pretty funny. Well, and Ellie can admit to her fatigue with Riley because she trusts Riley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she has to show off when she's just met Tess and Joel. Right, right. And so they get to the, they open up the door. They see there's a, there's a dead dude in the hallway. And Riley says he wasn't there yesterday. And next to them, him is like a bottle of whiskey of some kind. Ellie says it's not moonshine. It's from before before the outbreak and he must have had all used all of his cards to get it and then riley says no one could no one told him he couldn't mix pills with that shit ellie says i think he knew what i think he knew what he was doing we think those pills probably came from joel uh then all of a sudden the body just like falls through the floor the girls scream and they start laughing and we cut to them on the roof ellie asks riley if she's drinking it or what Riley takes his swig and says, "Ugh, yum." Then Ellie takes it, takes a drink and says, "It's great." She strains through it. They laugh. Um Ellie says, "Is that the first dead body you've seen?" Riley says, "Uh, my parents." Ellie's like, "Sorry." Riley says, "That's fine. Give me." Takes another sip of the whiskey or whatever the adult beverage is. Ellie asks to hold Riley's gun. She says, "They kind of make she says, well, they kind of make me swear to not let other people handle my sidearm. Ellie makes fun of her. She says, oh, let me hold it. And she does. Ellie says it's heavy. Then Riley motions for her to give it back. She gives it back. Ellie says, so what happened? You started dating some firefly. This is this is where she's trying to 
the walls are so. coming down a little bit. She's mm-hmm. trying to see what's up. She says, oh, you started dating some Firefly dude and was like, oh, this is cool. I think I'll be a terrorist. And Riley says, yep, that's it. We're getting married. Riley knows how to give it back to her. Like they the yeah. tennis match. This is back. all flirting. This is They're, way flirty. The first swig, Bell, uh, Ellie's face. It's all yeah. flirty. The I've way done that, that before. Riley's so your boyfriend. You fucking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very I've, cute. I've did that before. We're, and she says, we're getting married. Ellie says, but really, why? And Riley says, one night you were in the hole. Uh, she got bored and she snuck out and ran into this woman who's like 40 or 50. Uh, and she was impressed. We- 40, I don't know, 50. Like 40, 50, I don't 60? know, old. It's like our age. Yeah, yeah. like, I don't know, fucking old. And she says she was impressed uh, at how she was sneaking around, avoiding the guards. And she asked, you know, what she thought about Fedra. And she says, so I told her the truth. They're fascist dick bags. And they're the ones that should be getting hanged for their crimes and not the people. And she's like, all right, you want in, you're in. And that's it. And she said, no, she says, that's it. No weird initiations. Riley's like, nope. She said, I said, yes. And now I'm a firefly. Ellie says that easy to give up everything that easy to give up everything, huh? And she says, by everything. Do you mean becoming a fascist dick bag? Ellie says, I mean, I don't know if that's, if it's that simple in a way, Fedra kind of holds everything together. As And Riley says, as much as I love arguing with your stubborn ass, we're kind of on a mission here. Then Riley jumps across the roof, uh, jumps across the one roof to another roof, uh, to another building. Ellie follows suit. There's a nice little sequence, kind of like the video game. Uh, they stop a little to take a break, and they argue some more about Fedra versus the Fireflies until Riley tells Ellie that we're here, the mall, the uh, Liberty Gardens Mall, uh, to be exact. And it's sealed. And, and Ellie's like, no, the mall, it's sealed off because it's full of infected. Riley says, if it's sealed off, then why is it sealed off? Why isn't it sealed off? So uh, they head, I'll get to this part. They head down to an into an opening. They seem to be in an electrical room of some sort. Riley tells her to go through the door, make a right, and tell tell her when she's gotten there. Ellie's apprehensive at first. She's like, are you trying to kill me? Because this would be the perfect place to do it. And she does it anyway. Riley's like, oh, go ahead. She does it. Riley turns on the mall lights. Ellie's amazed, uh, but worried that they'll be caught. Riley tells her not to worry because they can't see it. It's like a big bunker. Tonight, I'm going to show you the four wonders of the mall. Ellie's like, you plan stuff? Then there's a needle drop of Take On Me by AHA, actually 1984. So that's trouble. It We know it's trouble. Mm-hmm. And that song, that's a big, that song is a big record for part two. Uh, the Last of Us part two. Um, she shows Ellie an escalator. And Ellie says, electric, Ellie calls them electric stairs. And she starts playing on him. She says, this is the first wonder, right? And Roddy's like, uh, yeah, there can be five wonders in this mall. Ellie almost busts her ass until Riley catches her. And Riley reminds Ellie that they're on a schedule. Um, and all right. So what did, what did you think about this, this, uh, this sequence? Yeah. There's so many different moments of like yeah. Ellie looking at, uh, Riley just like mm-hmm. 
she's into her. Right? Oh, like, yeah. you know, like just looking yeah. at her and the glances and stuff. The kind of uh, this moment on the electric stairs on the mm-hmm. um, escalator is like uh, Elliot, her most charming. And she does like this kind yes. of flourish with her arms in the same kind of way that Forwards. Riley does. Backwards. <laughs> and it's it's very adorably acted by Bella Ramsey. Um, yeah. And then there's that moment at the end where she kind of falls into uh, Riley and it's a bit, it's a bit much for Ellie, but you know, El- uh, Riley seems more cool about it. Like, you know, yeah. the flirting goes into physical contact and Ellie mm-hmm. gets a little weird. Right. Right. Um, Riley, so that's just interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Riley likes her too. Um, Do we talk a little bit about the, um, the political stuff like she's she's becoming and because after she thought that riley was dead Mm. she was just or just at least gone forever i'm just gonna fucking become indoctrinated by this shit like that i don't have anything left right i'm gonna you're a firefly what Mm. you know this is all we got and so like we definitely see her just becoming like fully indoctrinated. I think it's also like, she's hmm. like, I think you're right that when Riley leaves and she has that sit down with captain Kwong, it's like, mm-hmm. well, what are the options? What are my options? Right, here? Exactly. Pretty limited. Right. She um, starts to spit his rhetoric. She doesn't even think of potentially, I mean, maybe she does in that time before in the, of going after Riley, trying to find her. Um, but I don't know. Maybe she just assumes that she, yeah, she thinks that she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there is something about um, Ellie's imagination, which is somewhat is limited in relation to like what Riley makes plain is like possible or how she thinks things are possible. And we'll get an answer about why that is like how she's thinking more expansively. Yeah. Um, but at this point it's like, um, yeah, I, I, I I don't know. It's like it seems like Ellie's punishments weren't as severe mm-hmm. as as Riley's or she wasn't, you know, butting heads as much. And maybe that's why she's more comfortable. Just like, OK, well, I've got no choice. Gone through my period of mourning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And, and it's it's more like uh, I think it's more practical. And then she somewhat tries to, like, hide it in these larger principles. But I don't think it's not very convincing. Right. Who Ellie's not, or just yeah, that like I, Fedra oh, yeah. is this yeah. It's just like it's basically pragmatic. Like I don't have any other options, so I'm just gonna, like you said, spew. Yeah. Um, regurgitate this thing that I've been taught. Mm-hmm. And it's there. It's like right there. Right. Yeah. It's just trying. She and she's a little younger. She doesn't know, and she's reminded of that a couple of times in this episode. <laughs> like you don't know everything. Yeah. You don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. And she's reckless, right? Like even on this electric stairs thing, you know, Mm -hmm. Riley is holding her because she's almost falling. I mean, they can be quite dangerous escalators. They can be. Um, Like I've seen, I've seen TikToks of people getting (laughs) fucked up on escalators. And uh, it's one of those things, like it's the brilliant way that Bella Ramsey plays this, like this kid who could be a goofball one in one moment. And then, somebody who can defend herself in the next uh somebody who just these different 
facets that of Ellie that we're we're gonna see, and I think we'll see more of it. We'll see another facet of who she is next week. Mm. Um, but yeah, like she just she just plays it so deftly. Um, yeah. it, it, she's really it's it's that like she's adorable, she's precocious. Um yeah and she, she yeah she's just really she's she's killing it to for and for my money she's killing it definitely and i think that um one other thing is like what you said made me think of how you know she's not altruistic i think that the kind of like philosophy meets up with a pragmatic place that she is in life mm. so the pragmatic place in life okay this this uh philosophy suits me at this moment so you thought but she's and not altruistic your, and i want you here my you're my friend right I, yeah, I yeah. love you. You're my friend. And I want this. So I'll try to convince you of this. But really, I'm convincing myself because this is the point where I feel yeah. safe. But, you know, Riley's on her own path and saying, you know, th- this is not right. This is it's not that right. line. It's that line again uh, <laughs> that it's a hopeless situation. I'm And I'm starting to believe that this hopeless situation is what I'm trying to achieve. So we kind of right. see Ellie stuck in the first verse of that pearl jam song yeah yeah that, that's fucking shit man that's wow yeah and she's um, on the escalator chris she's not yeah. going forward she's not going backwards this podcast is fucking <laughs> deep bro <laughs> um all right so then we we cut to a, a movie theater in the mall with a dawn of the wolf poster and it's part another two. and then a part two is coming this is basically um, Neil Druckmann. I don't know if he's necessarily making a jab at Twilight, but it's certainly a thing because j- this isn't in the game. But like th- this was a this this isn't in Left Behind. I don't think it's in the it's in the the game uh, part one where Joel and Ellie see a poster of this, hmm. and Joel said, "Oh yeah, I saw this." And Joe and Ellie's like, who dragged who dragged you to go see that? And obviously, it's Sarah, you mm-hmm. know. But he's a guy. He's like, I forget. He says he just blows it off. I forgot or whatever. Um, and you, you just kind of see this sign that just this sign that says "back in five minutes," and he's like, nope, not really. It's mm-hmm. just um, just how the world ends. So they're just walking through the mall, um, and uh, Riley says, not. Not exactly full of infected, is it? And Ellie says, okay, you were right. Ellie wants to stop and look at some of it. And and Riley's like, ah, nope, time is of the essence. She's trying to keep this party train going on schedule. Ellie asks her, why does some of the, why, why does some of this, that, that bad transcription, why are some of the stores empty and some are not? Riley says, Riley said her mom told her that people started looting when everything went down. The military shut it down. So they're, the, there's the stuff that's gone is the stuff that people needed the most or wanted, she guesses. Ellie says, right. So sneakers and not soap. And Riley says, or that shit. She points out to a Victoria's Secret. I don't get why people back then wanted all this stuff. Ellie says, do you need me to explain it to you? Riley says, no, I know why. It just looks uncomfortable. Ellie says, yep. Riley laughs. Ellie says, what? Riley says, nothing. I was just trying to imagine you wearing that. Ellie says, shut up. And Riley tells her to come on. And they're almost there. 
Ellie kind of stays back and looks at herself in the reflection of the window and fixes her hair. It's like, it's a cute moment. Some people were trying to say like Riley was making fun of her. She was, that was a dig, but it was just like, they don't, it's clear these girls are gay, but it's just like, they're not like, I don't know. Like it's, it, they're just playing with each other. I don't think she was being malicious to her. You know, you don't think she was nagging her. Just uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It may, she may have been wondering. <laughs> I mean, she might've been thinking know? about her because she, you know, you, the more you think about this, the more that you see these different wonders of the mall Riley put a lot of time in this. She yeah. also loves Ellie. She likes Ellie yeah. a lot. She cares for her. She has a crush on her. Yeah. I just thought it was a cute moment where it's like she's fixing her hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You it is her know. becoming self-conscious about it, though. I also like the, well, she said, do you want me to explain it to you? That was also kind of like, you know, well-delivered, a good good line delivery, but also kind of making fun of her, you know, like, when, when yeah. Ellie says, do you want me to explain it to you? Sex. Do you want me to explain sex to you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, th- you know what? You know what it is? I think that's just Ellie's match. Ellie just met her yeah. match. And yeah. that's, that's who, that's her, her yeah. partner. That's like. I mean, that, she's nagging her in that yeah. moment too. Yeah. And nobody could really give it, give it back to her like that. Right. I, I can't, you know, so. I think that's what that is. I just thought it was sweet that these are two people that have love for each other. And I mean, it's weird because it's like this idea of what sexuality, sexuality or lust would look like. And they have their own rendition yeah. of it. That's outside of that. At right. the same time, of course they're, she's a teenager and it's going to feel so self-conscious about yeah. her, her looks, you know? Um, of course. Yeah. When she's just starting to like, Oh, this, Oh, attraction. And, this other person yeah it's like that's what teenage yeah that's what it's about um so riley tells ellie to stop and close her close her eyes and give her her hand and she leads her to a a working merry-go-round and they they get on beside each other and they share loving glances there's this calliope version of the cures just like heaven from 1987 trouble I think I have a little blurb about this. Uh, Just Like Heaven was the third single from Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. It was inspired by a a trip Robert Smith took with his then-girlfriend, future wife, Mary Poole, to Beachy Head at East Sussex. Smith told The Blender in 2003, This song is about hyperventilating, kissing, and fainting to the floor. Mary dances with me in the video because she was the girl, so it had to be her. The idea is that one night like this, one night like that is worth 1,000 hours of drudgery. Just like Heaven was the Cure's first top 40 hit in the U.S., it also reached the top 40 in France, New Zealand, and the U.K. In the summer of 1992, Smith called it the best pop song the Cure has ever done. So that's a little blurb on that. Um, I have another thing that it reminds me of. I'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. Uh, this, so they're on the merry-go-round. Uh, this song is 1987. Like I said, it's trouble. And, uh, they take out the alcohol. They drink. Uh, they didn't drink this much in the video game. Uh, in the video game, there's this, uh, 
there's another story about this guy named Winston who was a survivor and uh, he had the alcohol in his tent and they've made trips to that mall before. Uh, and uh, they found out he died and whatnot. And then uh, he had some alcohol in his tent and they you could choose to drink it or not, you know, in the game. So the merry-go-round stops. Ellie asked her, did you really leave because you actually think you could liberate this place? And Riley says, don't say it like it's some kind of fantasy, Ellie. They've done it at the other QZ, set things right the way things used to be. Ellie's bummed out because she's bummed out because she's losing Riley. Uh, That's me editorializing. And it says, yeah, we could, we could do things. We could take over, run things. Riley says you could be running things. I turn 17 next month. That's when you get your assignment. You know what Kwong gave me? Sewage detail. Standing guard while, while people shovel shit. That's what they think of me. That is not in the game. She says, why didn't you tell me any of this? Riley says, I don't know. I panicked and I ran. And the longer I was away, the harder it was for me to come back. Is that making sense? Ellie understands. Riley says, you know, you're the one thing I miss from that fucking place. If that makes it makes a difference, Ellie smiles. And there's Riley says, there's two wonders down, three more to go. Ellie doesn't know how it's going to get any. Ellie says, I don't know how it's going to get any better. You got me uh, this horses with all these lights. Riley gestures over to a photo booth and Ellie asks if it's a time machine. So there's this little animated rabbit asking to insert five bucks. Ellie's like, fuck you to the rabbit. And then Riley puts pulls out five bucks. And Ellie says, have you done this before? Riley says, no, idiot. I was waiting to do it with you. She puts their money in. They start posing just like the video game. You can do that in the game. Uh, and in the game, you could share it to Facebook because Facebook was out in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, the so that that's that's that little part. What did you think about this this moment? Because this is what this is where really Riley breaks this shit down, and she's like, "Yo, I'm gonna say I'm black without saying this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bring up race without." bringing it right. up that's really the, MO of the show yeah yeah basically. at least my that's my agenda anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i was like oh shit i was like okay wow fuck yeah fuck yeah Kwan. And- Kwan. <laughs> well and ellie understands you know that's the full those are the full details of the how they are both understood differently in mm-hmm. the qz and i think that that's like a piece of information that was really important for Ellie yeah. to have for her future determinations in the episode. Um, and I think that, you know, the, after that, the sweetness of like uh, Riley saying, you're the only thing I miss. And she's mm-hmm. the smile that Ellie gives is just like so sweet. Yeah. And then I, I did watch the photo booth sequence from the game in mm-hmm. relation to this one. And it's just, a, I don't know. They're a lot closer in this, oh, yeah. like the blocking here. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot more like, are they going to kiss here? What's going to happen? You know? Um, so I don't know that kind of like opening up really starts to, uh, I think deepen their bond. Yeah. I, I like that. And then Ellie was like, Oh, get off. And Riley's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Cause it's Riley's like, <laughs> comfortable with her. Ellie's not comfortable yet with physicality, with physicality. Right. Cause yeah. she hasn't been, I mean, she doesn't have a family. She hasn't been 
loved on, whether right. it be from a paternal figure or like, you know, or this new thing about with uh, a person at her age who she's attracted to. Yeah. Um, one thing, this is this is just my nerd shit that I'm bringing in here. This made me think this this sequence made me think of this record by one of my all time favorite artists, St. Vincent. She had this record called Teenage Talk, which mm-hmm. was not on her album. It was a um, like a demo for her self-titled album that kind of that really brought her into the mainstream. And uh, but they used this on girls. They use a song on girls. And it's basically about her reminiscing about being a young girl uh stealing her parents car mm-hmm. and like hanging out with her girlfriends um i think i'm i think i took a little a blurb um oh wait i don't know if this is that much more i'll i'll read it fuck it um the last demo holdover from st vince's eponymous album recording session teenage talk is bittersweet and brief reflective of its coming of age subject matter the single premiered on the TV show Girls as a two-minute version that closed out the episode Tad and Laureen and Avi and Shana. Anyway, the full version later premiered in a live performance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I remember that. Girls music supervisor Manish Raval is the one who got a hold of the track saying, I said to St. Vincent's people, we love Annie and she and Lena need to be friends. Is there anything laying around? They sent us a demo of the song called Teenage Talk that she hadn't released yet and it was amazing and lena flipped for it it was just some like this was like uh i'll read the first verse katie kept the list of times now that she had really done it done it she swarmed so we so we swarmed like flies pretending that we weren't terrified to we snuck out that night rolled the chrysler down the driveway but once we were inside, couldn't figure out where we were off to. Um, and that that would the chorus is that was before we had made any terrible mistakes. Well, that's just teenage talk. Pinky square that you won't go changing. Drank so much that night. Carved the state of Texas in our forearms. You know, I never loved you more than when we were hiding from those sirens. Sirens. Oh, we laughed so hard. Threw up in your mother's azaleas. I, I don't know. I just fucking like I love that song. I'm not a girl. Uh, St. Vincent is one of my favorite artists. And it just I've said while I was taking notes, I was like, God, that really reminds me of uh, that teenage talk record. Like you thinking that like we we didn't Ron and I didn't talk about this last week because we were just honing on in on like some like larger themes. But like that scene it's in the video game where joel and ellie have that fight she says like you know she could basically convinces joel that he should be taking her to salt lake city right and she she's looking at that diary in that in that in that house and saying this is what they cared about this is what just boys and clothes and that that's what was the that was the shit when they you know they didn't have anything to worry about and it just made me think about like that scene those two girls sneaking out and like the sweetness of this blossoming love i i just fucking i don't know it just made me think of that record um, yeah even though obviously it came out 2015 it wouldn't you know wouldn't have we wouldn't have had that record in the world of this show 
Yeah, I think that what Druckmann and Mason had in mind with the episode, and, you know, obviously the director, Liza Johnson, Mm -hmm. is, you know, thinking about how to convey uh, the consequences of trying to live a sort of carefree teenage night. Yeah. Um, And the whole idea of how you can't, you can't, basically, like there's tragedy. It's just like, when will it strike? It's kind of like death, right? You know, yeah. it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so, you know, the kind of shift is like the con well, the contrast between that kind of like having a carefree night and in this kind of space where you can, it's not possible at all to have a carefree um night. Yeah, because I don't think I ever had that type of a carefree right. night. The only thing yeah. that I and I was a suburban teen, but the there was one time where I was my senior, uh, it might have been might have been my junior, it had to be my senior year, where I'd have to ask my mom, where like we were working on the black history production and we had a half day of school, but we had rehearsal for the black history play or whatever. And I went to Wendy's with these. I think three girls, I drove them to Wendy's. It was like three to five minutes away. And my mother happened to be at the fabric store at that same strip mall. Oh no! And she caught me, but (laughs) I wasn't doing anything bad. I wasn't like, I'm going to sneak out and go. I just said, we're just going to Wendy's. And my mother just happened to be, and I didn't really get in trouble, but the, the girl that I had his crush on was, uh, in the car like she was in the car and my mother was like, you know, you shouldn't, my mother kind of reamed, my mother is high strung and she kind of right. reamed me out a little bit. And in then, front of the other kids? A, in front of the yeah. Girls? She was like, I, you know, she's like, take them back or I don't even no. remember, but I remember no. when I got home that day, it yeah. wasn't even that big of a deal, but yeah. she kind of embarrassed me. And, and yeah, you don't want to be yelled at by your yeah. parents in front you of know. your crush. It's I awful. was em- I was embarrassed, but like it was just kind of like one of those moments where my mom, they, they, my parents were just like, you know, if something would have happened, you would you'd be fucked because of insurance or something like that. Right. And that that was kind of a thing. But like I, that's probably the quote unquote worst thing that I did as a as a young teen. Yeah, no, I think the whole thing about like the Saint Vincent lyrics and the use of it. TV show girls, it's like it's proximity to whiteness, right? It is whiteness. It's within whiteness and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um that the the idea of this kind of carefree teen existence or carefree mall night or teen night yeah. or whatever, uh would be I mean, yeah, I mean I have some of that, but I was a very like lonely kid. Like I wasn't mm. I just wasn't that invested in then I uh, at one point in senior year, I was like connected with the girls' basketball team. <laughs> How were you connected with the basketball? Well, because when my cousins, my cousin was on the girls' basketball team, so okay. I was hanging out with girls that were much taller than me. Um, oh, okay, a lot of Bethany's. We, mm, no, because it's still Oxnard, so there's Gloria's, okay. but there are a few like Sarah's and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, we would always end up the ocean or i remember like our teenage night or whatever we like ended up uh driving and you're kind of aimless don't know what you're gonna do yeah we ended up driving to the 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 beach and then going to the beach at night and then going into the water fully clothed and stuff 
that was kind of like <laughs> the most extreme yeah. of all that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like charmed, right? Because we sure. lived in California, so it could end at the coast. But it's relative but, to your your existence. It's not you don't right. have to shit on the life that your parents worked hard to give you. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I like, think it's also, you know, like what we've been talking about throughout is like the proximity of Latino identity, specifically mm-hmm. my own, to like whiteness okay. um, in the way that I was raised. Or, you know, like there are other kids that were didn't have that or you know you could live in los angeles and never know the ocean and all that stuff you wow. know um so you know it's no, it's, interesting. it's interesting yeah. yeah no it made me you now you saying this make it's making me think like because i always talk about this on the regular feed of the podcast where like prince george's county in maryland was like now that we we talk about having vocabulary for certain things it's like that was Wakanda back then. Like it was not odd for me to be like, Oh, this black guy is my dentist. This, this guy is a doctor. This, this person is a professor teaches at this place. The black, she is an executive. She is a lawyer, this kid's parent, you know? So it wasn't like a, a weird thing for me to be in. And there, there could be some elitism in that, but I was at the same time, I was grounded because of my parents were laborers, you know, like they worked hard for everything they had. So it was just kind of like you walked with that type of purpose where you you right. want to do stuff. But like that hanging out, like I'm thinking about thinking about Annie Clark, who is two years. She's born in 82. So she's just turning. She's like 41 she would have she was like could have been sarah she was a suburban texas teen right uh you know like there's there's a record called um the laughing man off of uh daddy's home the latest album where she's talking about a lost friend a friend that 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 died and it it was just like and it it's it, there there's there's a I think there's a a beauty in that. Um, I think because I think girls might taint it a little bit because people feel some kind of way about Lena Dunham. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And but like, I I just still think it's it's just really evocative of. uh, Of like. Those moments uh, with with your friends, even though I was a. I'm maybe I'm I'm not trying to put this on you, but just hearing you talk, maybe we're we were just kind of squares. The two of us, were yeah, definitely. Squares. Definitely, I know yeah, I was. Nerd. Yeah, yeah. All of yeah. my social events in high school were school related. Yeah, they were fun. I mean, I was doing the plays. I was a like basketball manager. Um, I was a peer minister. All all that all that stuff was like related to the school. And then outside stuff, yeah, it wasn't really that much. I mean, like maybe working at the theme park and stuff, Adventure World, mm-hmm. Six Flags and stuff like that. But um, yeah, this thing of like breaking out or like sneaking out, it's just yeah. nothing. <laughs> I would not fathom that. I would never, I would never even. <laughs> I mean, it would be world. a lot more interesting. It makes yeah. for a lot more interesting teenage stories. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Uh, kids being at parties drunk and like going i'd never i don't think i got invited to that kind of stuff 
Yeah. And I didn't care. I didn't care about that. The, the you girls were crying that, in your room. No, the girls that I liked <laughs> were nerds too. You know what yeah. I mean? So like it's fucking AP English uh nerds. Yeah. You know? That's cute, they, Chris. Yeah. So you would have been Fedra. I mean, what don't you think? You would have been like an officer? Or do you think that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I was I was pushing against authority a little bit, but like I I I mean it I, depends on what Fedra was cuz if it's like a, you know, we're not sure what fuck, the I was a leg- I was Fedra a legis- was. yo, I was a legislative intern also. But if it I, was Fedra in Prince County, you'd be totally off Prince George's County. I would yeah. I was not ROTC. I was still an artist. I was in drama club. Yeah. Yeah, I was an artist. I don't think there's arts in Fedra, right? right? I don't think they have drama school in Fedra. No. Yeah, so they don't. They didn't do that. So yeah, I, you're right. I, it's got to be ROTC. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't, and I didn't do that. I didn't want to do that. And I think at that age, I definitely had seen Full Metal Jacket, and I said, "I'm not going into service." I had seen, yeah. like that first part of like boot camp and all that shit. I'm never. I mean, no. we were both confirmed Catholic though, too. Yeah, there is like a, yeah, there's like an organized, like an organized kind of like fitting into these organizations and like, okay, I know my role, I know my place, these steps. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if this were a world where it's only ROTC and the arts are completely gone, then what happens to folks like us? Right. No. Yeah. I don't know. It's a different, it's a different beast. Uh, Yeah. Like it just, I never had. I never wanted to do anything like that. You know, like I never, I I never wanted to, I had everything I needed. Mm-hmm. Unlike, unlike Ellie and Riley. Right. A lot of kids in this world. Yeah. And the stuff that I wanted was in the confines of that world. So it's like, oh, you want a PlayStation? Then you go, you work for it. You earn the money and well, that's you good. get it. Yeah. yeah. That you were instilled with that. Yeah. So like the first time I got a PlayStation, I worked, I was working at Six Flags and I gave, I got the money and I gave it to my dad and he got the Sears discount and he got, he bought, you know, he, he got it and I got the discount. Yeah. 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 Well, to that, we have some video gaming video in the next sequence. The fourth wonder. Great segue, Veronica. Uh, you know I'll go on a tangent. Uh, the fourth wonder of the mall, Raja's Arcade. It's the most beautiful thing Ellie's ever seen because she that's what she says. Now, in the game, there's no, there's no, the game, the game cabinets, they don't work. I hear that's what they call them now. I didn't know that when I was a kid. They call them game cabinets. None of that shit worked. And in the so okay, so so they start playing Mortal Kombat 2. And uh the thing where you they're like there's no money around, and then you see that like Riley has busted open the the change uh machine so she could get get it out. Like she's I spent an hour trying to get this thing open so you we could play. And then she they have quarters. It's amazing. Like if you're a kid from our generation, like having all those yeah. quarters and playing these games. It's, um, it's crazy. Um, so they start playing Mortal Kombat and, uh, they're having a great time. Uh, Melina versus Raiden. Riley shows 
Ellie Melina's uh, finishing move. Like she like eats eats Raiden and then spits out of his spits out his bones. It's just a great, beautiful sequence. And uh, then the camera starts panning out, pulls out to one of the other stores. Uh, it's a toy store, and you see these dolls. And then they go back to the back of the room, and uh, a, there's an infected that's starting to wake up, and they're still playing. And uh, he smells their joy. The, his, oh, Siri! Them. No, no, Siri! Stop it! No. It no, smells like Siri. joy. God damn it. <laughs> it's like Siri ignites and activates Siri. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So so then uh their joy, them having a good time, wakes up that fucking in runner. No. Stalker. It wakes up that stalker. And uh we don't we it's not fully awake. It's not fully woke yet. Mm. Um, so the girls are still playing. They almost kiss. They have a moment where they almost kiss. And Riley says, Let's go. And Ellie says, She has to wake up early. And Riley's like, We still have a few hours left. And Ellie's like, I I I can't get in trouble again. But I'll meet you here tomorrow. I was like, mm. Riley says, I got you a gift. And Ellie says, I do like gifts. And as they're walking through the food court, you see what? Uh an AW, a Panda Express. And uh, there's another place too. I don't. I forget. I didn't remember. Um, and Ellie says, "Is it a spider? No. Is it a new shirt? Is it a water pistol?" And uh, Riley's like, "Better. Is it a dinosaur? Possibly." And Ellie says, "I'll be your best friend again if it's a dinosaur." Riley says, "Really, my best friend again?" Ellie, you're already my best friend. And then they go up to this uh, taco place called macho nacho which is a uh easter egg for i think that was in uh uh one of the un, one of the uncharted games hmm. we'll say and there's there's one in the I think there's one in the video and anyway uh riley hops over the counter ellie's like wait is there is it tacos and riley's like come on that old ass meat that meat would not be good um and riley hops over the counter ellie does too they go into the back room and this is, looks like a place where Riley's been sleeping for a few nights. Then she pulls out volume two of the poet laureate Will Livingston's No Pun Intended 2. Um, of just, or just No Pun Intended. So it's called volume two, and two is spelled T-O-O. They read some jokes to each other. They have some laughs. Ellie inspects the room while Riley reads some jokes. Then Ellie finds some pipe bombs. Oh, shit. Mm -mm. Pipe bombs that you don't get to use in the video game until The Last of Us Part Two. Um, And Riley, uh, Riley had made them. And she says, Ellie, put those down. And then Ellie says, you didn't find this mall. They posted you here. A new recruit guarding their stash. And Riley says, we would never use them on you or anywhere even ever near you. I would never let them do that. Ellie says, you would never, you would never let them. Right. And you think they would listen to you? And she gives her the bomb and starts to leave. Riley comes after her. She says, none of, none of this shit was even about me. Ellie, it's always got to be about Ellie. Riley says, would you stop? Ellie says, fuck you. And she doesn't stop until Riley tells her that she's leaving. 
And they're sending her to a post in the Atlanta QZ. We heard about that before in uh, episode one. She asked Ellie, she asked if Ellie could join so they could go together. But Marlene said, no, I wonder why. <laughs> Who the fuck is Marlene? Ellie says, uh, Mar- and Riley says, Marlene is a lady that helped me get. It doesn't matter, Ellie. She says, I tried. Tonight's my last night in Boston. Ellie says, why did you bring me? Ask, why did you bring me here? Because I wanted to see you. Ellie says, and, and I wanted to say goodbye. This isn't easy, Ellie. Ellie says, actually, it is. You just did it. Goodbye. Ellie walks out and knocks over a trash can. Ellie's walking away. Yep. She's walks. She walks away. She goes to where they entered and decides to turn around. And she's walking back. And then she hears the sound of somebody screaming. She runs to the sound and it's a, like a scary motorized graveyard skeleton of some kind making noise in the inside of the costume shop. Ellie says, what the fuck? And Riley says, surprise. It's the fifth wonder. Thought you liked this one the best. So I saved it for last. I guess I was stupid. I'm fucking stupid. And then Ellie says, give me the book. And she sits down. She says, so you leave me. I think you're dead. And all of a sudden, and and all of a sudden, wait, well, oh shit. You, so you leave me. I think you're dead. And all of a sudden, I fucked that up. And you give me this night, this amazing fucking night. And now you're leaving again. Now you're leaving again forever to join some cause. I don't even think you understand. Tell me I'm wrong. Riley says, I think that you don't know everything. You don't know what it's like to have a family. I didn't have them for long, but I had them. I belong to them. And I want that again. Maybe the fireflies aren't what I think they are, but they chose me. I matter to them. You matter to me first, Ellie says. And Ellie says, God damn it, I want to punch you so bad. Riley says, if it makes you hate me less. And you're sure about this, about leaving. Riley says, yeah. Ellie says, okay. And I'm not saying it all pissy and shit. You're my best friend and I'll miss you. And Riley says, well, not, it's not over yet. One last thing. She throws a wolf mask on Ellie. There's a clown mask on the counter. She she hooks up Ellie's Walkman to the store system. And, and uh, Ellie says, hey, you stole my shit, basically. And then we hear Etta James's version of I Got You, Babe, 1968, when the um, first, first thing we see the, in episode one in the cold open, that 1968 mm-hmm. Dick Cavett show. Oh, right. They put on masks to put on the mask and start dancing on the countertop. They wear these masks in the video game. We'll talk about that a little later. They start dancing and giggling and singing. Ellie stops dancing. She takes off the mask. Riley takes off hers. Ellie says, uh, Ellie, well, she kisses Riley. And she says, I'm sorry. She says, I'm sorry. Riley says, for what? And they had this laugh and the smile on Ellie's face. Holy shit. Uh, and and Ellie says, what are we going to do now? And Riley says, we'll figure it out. And right after that, we hear a noise. Riley tells Ellie, get ready to run. And she pulls out her gun. A stalker comes out. Riley shoots it and they start running. It knocks Riley down. She loses her gun. Then it attacks Ellie. Ellie wrestles with it and then stabs it in the uh, in the side with her knife a few times it doesn't die it pins down ellie until riley hits it with a piece piece of a clothing rack of some kind 
It fights with Riley until Ellie jumps up and stabs it in the head. Ellie's elated. She's like, whoo, yeah. And then uh, until she sees that she's been bitten on her right arm, she looks at Riley. Riley got bit on her left hand. Then we cut to present day. Joel is sick and struggling to get well. We see that Ellie from the beginning of the show, she didn't leave. She's just looking around the house for something to patch up Joel with. We cut back to Ellie smashing the glass counter uh, where Riley and Riley staring off into the distance. She tells Ellie that, you know, there's more stuff that you can break. She says there's two options. We could take it the take the easy way. They could kill themselves with her gun. It's quick, painless. She says, I don't I don't like option one. Option two, they just keep going. Ellie says, what do you mean? It's over. It, and Riley says, it will be, but not yet. We don't quit. Whether it's two minutes or two days, we don't give up. We can just be all poetic and shit and just lose our minds together. That's from the game. And then uh, Ellie says, what's option three? Riley says, I'm sorry. And then we cut back to present day. Ellie finds a, a needle and thread. And uh, she cleans, she tries to clean up his wound, Joel's wounds. She starts sewing them up. She's a regular Doogie Howser MD. And then we get to a blackout. And that's the end of episode seven. What did you think of that last sequence, Veronica? Yeah, um, I thought, you know, all this we've been talking about, um, the death of a lot of Black women characters in the show, specifically the replacement of Sarah as a white girl to, a, you know, a mixed race um, Black girl mm-hmm. uh, as daughter of Joel. And I was worried, right, because I didn't know what the storyline was of Left Behind. But I thought that the death that they give this is so sweet, you know, like mm-hmm. the ending and the kind of uh, monologue and the philosophy when it comes down to it. The philosophy of life that Riley has is so well articulated in this last bit. Right. Yeah. There's two options. And then the first option was the one that Bill and Frank views choose. Right. right? Um and the second option is that they choose that and that saves Ellie. Yeah. So in many ways, you know, um, Riley has saved Ellie and, you know, in a way of like trying to spend as much time as she could with each mm-hmm. other. It's, it's really beautiful. And I love that they don't show the actual death of Riley. I'm hoping, mm-hmm. you know, that, and, um, and the way that they've structured it with like having the bookends with Joel, you know, and not having it throughout, and we don't really know what Ellie's choice is going to be, what the option three is. We don't know that option three at that time isn't is something that's viable potentially for Ellie, right? Yeah. Um it's it's really well it's yeah, it's so well structured, it's so compelling. I love Pedro Pascal's performance, even though all he does <laughs> is lie there and suffer. Yeah. Um, but it's so effective. Like there's just so much emotion. And like they're gripping each other's hands and it's just so, so sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. Now in the game, there's so much more in the game. Like in the game that, that song and dance that they're doing, they do that. But before that they're playing, they're playing with those masks and they don't have those masks on, but they did that to just have it throw an Easter egg out to nerds like me. But those those masks look just like uh, right. 
they do in the and game. There's a lot of different masks in the Yeah, game, you right? could try one in the in the in the game and stuff like that. And they have a little more time to to play. And in the right. game, like there's like Riley stole some water guns. Mm-hmm. Like they had water guns and you have a water gun fight with Riley. You also have like and they make it like an in-game thing. And you also like find like these bricks and you start throwing oh, right. bricks at these cars. And that's when you like for that's like the opening uh visual imaging. No, what do you call it? The digital imaging, uh, what do they call it on Levitard? They say like the I guess that's still imaging for the podcast where it's like you hear the glass break and Ellie says, Yeah, brick fucking master. That's right. in the game where she, if you beat Riley, that's what Ellie will do, and you win a trophy in the in the game and stuff like of that. Throwing bricks through these trucks that are in the bottom of the mall. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And and it's it's just really about them kind of kicking it, having yeah. fun. They have this kiss, yeah, and them dancing around and having a good time triggers a horde, a right. horde of infected. That they're running through the mall trying to get out. They get out. Riley's free. Ellie's climbing up this scaffolding. The scaffolding falls down and Ellie gets bit and Riley comes back to save her. Yeah. And so Riley saves her in the game that way. We don't know what happens. We don't know if if Ellie had to kill Riley or what. And yeah. perhaps we'll never know. But uh yeah, it was a it's a it was a great episode. It it was um I just wanted them to do right by them. Like all the black characters like Henry and Sam cuz like this has been a thing like black gamers like we have been talking about that shit on the low like they killing these fucking black people in yeah. this in this game and everything like that. But um it was still it was still done well and um it's also just, about like what kind of death does a character get in a show like exactly. this? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like, and, and uh, it, right. It's like Rod kind of touched on this, you know, last week, just not necessarily like, oh, it's because he's black and blah, 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 and being like, like hung up on that. It's that was a great character. Riley was a great character. And it's yeah. the love, the love of Ellie's life was a young black woman. Yeah. But she, and I know, think that the the detail of like giving the motivation for Riley leaving the QZ because yeah. of sewage detail is also like a lot more real and it makes a lot more sense right. in the story. Um, you know, the thing about like the organization too, like, uh, you know, there's a parallel between Riley and Tommy, mm-hmm. you know, I, I belong, I want to belong somewhere. You belong in Fedra. Right. Like they want you to be a leader. I belong with fireflies because they recognize me as, valuable yes um, whereas fedra does not mm-hmm. um so you know this kind of different approaches and then this kind of glimpse of a possibility that they can try to make it work as a, a love a couple in love mm-hmm. which of course is ill-fated and not going to happen but at the right. same time when riley says something like you know as she said in the video game we could lose our minds together it reminds me of that moment that we get maybe the first episode or second episode where uh, Tess is kissing <laughs> the fun guy that's coming oh, yeah. out. And, and they just like the kind of possibility of, it's just a lot more attractive potentially to be part of this um, organism, the mushroom organism than it is to be like a dead in walking dead, for instance, like mm-hmm. there's just a lot more interesting connections 
And to think about like, oh, we could lose our minds together. That is kind of an interesting way to yeah. approach it, a sweet kind of interpretation of this really bleak thing that's going to happen to them. Right. Yeah, I really appreciated just the way that they could be like, and you could see, you see like that sweetness that like Storm Reed portrays like you, she has feelings for Ellie too. But then when it comes time to like fight, she's like, okay, let's get ready. You like, I got my gun out. Let's, let's get right. ready to fight. She, you know, like I, I appreciated that moment. Uh, I just, I really liked, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was, I thought it was very good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's, it also uh, benefits from being like a kind of coherent whole because it's the DLC. Like it's a really strong episode just Mm -hmm. like as a container. Um, And in in part that's because it's adapting something that's more clearly belongs together, you know, (sighs) um, this episode. So, I mean, I'm just, I love this episode. Uh, I love the the chemistry and the charisma of these two actors. Yeah, Bella Ramsey just like the performance just went way higher in my mind. And then uh, you know Storm Reed, I watched it the second time. The first time I wasn't so sure about like what's going on with all these surprises, but mm-hmm. I really appreciate the ways that they uh, worked off one another. Uh, yeah, and they, it's just so sweet and beautiful and just like the. Yeah, I just think they captured something really brilliantly. Yeah, it was it was great. I think this is the this might be Bella Ramsey's uh Emmy Golden Globe yeah, submission. Uh like I think just like Pedro's was last week, that monologue. Uh I mean, I'm excited to see what happens next week. I, I have an idea, I know what's gonna happen, but I'm excited to see Ellie uh grow up because hmm. we've seen the shades of like her being a kid she does that masterfully now i want to see her this is when she starts to become a savage like yeah you start to see that and it's like i'm i'm in i'm i'm locked in for it it's 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 fun to watch her evolve this character yeah. evolve yeah so and I just love the the mall, the setting. I mean, my God, it, yeah. it like is so cool what they've done with this set and how they were able. To, I know that they used visual effects for the second story of the mall, just like it's seamless. And mm-hmm. you know, I think for our gender, yeah, I do have a bit of like for our arcades, generation. Yeah, there arcades. is some nostalgia, and it's sad to see some of that shit go. Like, yeah, I mean, like the childhood mall that I went to when it was when I was a kid, like. It used to be the shit to go yeah. to the mall. Yeah. And even though I was a square, like, you know, we, my, I think when my cut, co- my cousins were two years older than me. So when I'd hang out with them, we go to the Springfield mall and we walk around or, you know, we do stuff, just, just hang out, go to the mall. But like, I don't know, like it, it was, uh, it was something about it. Now that that's like a, that just doesn't really no, they're like happen that ghost much towns, anymore. you know, a bit. Yeah. With like brick and mortar retail. But, you know, yeah. I remember I, I've always loved the way arcades look. 
Oh my I, I was God, kind of intimidated Audrey. and scared of them just because like, you know, I was a little intimidated by, but just the look and the sound of an arcade. Why were you so, intimidated by a, a place that's supposed oh, to be I never hard. thought that I was a very good video game player and like pretty worried. Mortal Kombat was probably the only game. I wasn't I really good at that shit. No, I wasn't. I was never. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I really liked Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2. Maybe okay. mostly Mortal Kombat 2. But, um, but you know what I used to like were these movies about like getting stuck in a mall, spending the yeah. night in a mall, being in a mall alone, or like a, yeah. you know that mannequin movie, such so, such yeah, silly that. movies, or even like that uh, that that uh, Romero film was it is it Dawn of the Dead I that's think in the mall, so. um, just the idea of like uh, an abandoned mall, a post apocalyptic mm-hmm. mall. It's just like yeah. there's something very even when we see that hotel that they're in and maybe the second episode, it's a glimpse yeah. of that too. Um, in in the yeah. game. Now in the game, it was juxtaposed with you trying to find supplies for Joel. Right. You leave that house. Yeah. To go find supplies and you're in Colorado and there's this mall in Colorado where this like helicopter is crashed into this, the roof of this mall and you see that there's supplies in in the helicopter and you have to make your way up to to that helicopter to get the meds and then you get those meds and then you get there's a there's infected around there's hunters around mm. and you got to like brave your way through that sequence and then it goes back and forth to like you being hanging out with Riley and then you dealing with getting Joel's meds. So that's, yeah. that's a whole, whole big conceit. Like that whole game is for the average player. It's about two hours long. It's under three mm-hmm. hours to play the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, Some people, some of the critics on YouTube are saying, yeah, I wish they would have had more of that stuff in there, but I get it. It's like economy uh, budget. And even though this is a big budget show, but it's like, I don't think we, we don't need that. Play the game if you want. No, that. no. And I think that I like that they make it so that we're not certain what choice Ellie's going to make right. with Joel. It's like the, that's why the bookend happens. Like she yeah. leaves and we're not certain she's going to even come back until we come back to it towards the end of the episode. Yeah. And I think that that works really well. And the game isn't that way. It's like she's all in kind of thing the mm-hmm. whole time. Whereas with this one, they get to tell a different kind of like sus- they keep um, that decision in suspension for a little while, which I think is yeah. smart. Because mm-hmm. um, in the so- game, like when you're taking Joel to safety in the in at the university after Joel's been impaled, it's like Ellie's already on her John Wick shit, <laughs> like right. taking people right. out, and it's like right. it's a dope sequence, but it's like you don't we don't need to see that yet. But the payoff is going to be huge when yeah. you start to see her really do that shit and Transform. then when you yeah it's so i'm i'm uh just leaning on that to be the my i guess quote unquote salvation of like things that i'm excited to see that in the show that were in the game so yeah yeah i think it's also i don't know if you started by talking about this person's giving it one more episode or whatever uh-huh. she's like okay well why do you <laughs> just watch it or don't you know what i mean like, like five episodes <laughs> in you know what I think? I, I think, you know, it's a the type of jobs that we have, you write, you teach. I I'm a comedian. I talk about my feelings. I, I'm on a podcast. Right. And I think some people's outlet 
with is with Facebook. Uh, and okay. they don't, yeah. there's no other place to put it. And when yeah. you, when you have other places to put your thoughts, like you can just kind of say, that's trivial. Not to say that that person's <laughs> thoughts are trivial, but it's like, that's what you're putting on. Okay. That's what you're putting on Facebook. You're going to give the last yeah. of us one more week. All right, buddy. Yeah. I don't think they are. That guy was popular in high school. Yeah. Really? I remember him being popular. Yeah. <laughs> and see what happened and yeah. see where he is. No, With a, a wife funny. and kids and a happy marriage. <laughs> And shitting on people's art online for no reason at all. Yeah. You know, spend time with your kids. That's like <laughs> go play catch with your kid. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, he's doing. I think he's doing pretty good. I think he plays golf with his kids. Like he he loves his son. Black dad that loves his son. I'm not mad a picture at of it. your kid. Don't talk about. Don't shit on yeah. Last of Us. Just you know. Yeah. Just somebody did. Son. Somebody posted this the other day. Uh, I know everybody's watching The Last of Us, oh, but God. Station Eleven is really oh, good. Oh my God! I like yes. Station Eleven too, and this is too. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, uh, everybody that kid knows. actor was good. That kid uh, actor in Station Eleven. She's that kid fucking actor fantastic. Is really good. Well, that's. Yeah. I mean, don't you see that character and that other guy, Jeevan? Like that was kind of yeah. uh, Joel yeah. and Ellie. It's a. It's just a. It's a, a story told in a different way. Yeah. And it's yeah. the same, essentially the same thing. So anyway, I yeah. liked it. Favorite episode. It's it was good. This ought to be good. This ought to be good. It was good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I have no other puns. There were a lot yeah. more puns in the DLC than there were in the episode. I'll say Yeah, that. like if you wanted to get a trophy, you would have to listen to all of Ellie's jokes. Mm. Like there's a sequence where you have to like she gets that book and you have to listen to every last joke. Yeah. And then in the yeah. game, in the, in the main campaign, you have to listen to all of them too, in order to get the trophy. Yeah. I'll try to come up with a better one of my own. I'll try okay. to do it next week. All right. All right. Sounds good. I'll be waiting. You will too? I will not, but I Aww. will be waiting for yours. <laughs> I'll be waiting all for right. yours. Fine. Fine. Okay. All right. Well, Veronica, this is, this has been awesome. So glad that to have you back um and we'll we'll we're gonna knock out these last two two more yep. two more episodes uh you know i'm gonna give it one more episode though chris i'm not sure okay after you episode know? eight after you'll decide next if episode, you like we'll it yeah we'll see, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna give it one more time <laughs> thank you veronica as always for joining me thank you everybody for listening um we're on youtube too um so you check us out there uh thank you so much for listening everybody Really appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.